Hi, good morning. How are you? Merry Christmas. You all ready for it? Wait, they all said Merry Christmas. You guys didn't say Merry Christmas. So, Merry Christmas? Ah, there you go. So you have to say it, right? You know what? All of you smiled when you said that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> hey, I wanted to welcome my, my family. Is going to come up and join me as we start here today. Also, my parents are here. I want to say thank you for coming. Love having you. Sorry we didn't know you were coming or you would have joined us, but um, we just, Hannah's organizing us all. Uh, we thought it would be fun. We were sitting around the dinner table last night talking about church, talking about Christmas, talking about everything that needed to be done, and Nathan came up with a really important question. So he wanted to ask the church that question. You guys ready for Nathan? Come on, let's give Nathan a little encouragement. Come on, ask us this question, Nathan. Come on. All right, my question for my family and now for you guys too is <clears throat> that what do you guys do on Christmas in this season to stay focused on Jesus? And I was thinking about it last night um, while I was about to go to sleep, and I think God just told me, and it might apply for so many of you as well, that I need to wait upon the Lord. So, yeah, and here's a couple of the answers. Uh, yeah, whoa, sorry. Uh, I am Hannah, um, and he asked us this question. It was kind of something I'd been thinking about, too, because uh, I think a lot of us can struggle, like, when it's, like, busier thinking. For me, I've been thinking a lot about school this year, and um, just as I'm getting older, upper high school, upperclassmen or whatever it's called, and I've just been thinking about school, and it's been really hard for me to focus on Jesus. Um, so when he asked this question, I was like, what are some things that I am able to do that, like, help me focus? And I think um, for me, uh, a couple of things I do is, A, I write on my hand a lot, like, during school. Um, and I'll write, like, a word, like, in giant letters or, like, pretty letters because it's fun. Uh, and uh, it reminds me because I'll have to, like, look down or someone will be like, what's in your hand? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot I wrote that. And it reminds me throughout the day of, like, what God was telling me that morning. Um, or the other thing is kind of something I did when I was younger, but around Christmas time we still have it. We have this little nativity set that's, like, the little people ones that you, like, played with as a kid. Um, and we always have it, and my mom always hides the baby Jesus, so we don't have the baby Jesus until Christmas. And for me, that was always like a, like, we would go play with the little nativity set, right? And then I'd be like, oh, wait, where's the baby Jesus? Right, because he's not born yet. So it kind of, like, focused me on what, what, what the story of Christmas is and on Jesus himself. And I think that that was always growing up. And even now, it reminds me of, like, making sure to focus on Jesus during Christmas. So. Hi, I'm Daniel. Um, during Christmas, or actually throughout the year, one of the things that reminds me to focus on Jesus is um, I'll do like Bible journals. I'll pick out a verse and like uh, pick different parts of it and write write it down and pray about it. And that just helps me to like uh, focus my day on Him, you know. So. Um, my name is Rose, and what helps me uh, remember of Jesus is. Whenever uh, I do the Christmas calendar, it always reminds me that Jesus is for everyone. It's really cool. Um, I am really humbled by these answers already. Uh, my children have shared a few things we do as a family or as individuals. I feel like it's just such an important question right now. What do you do to get your head and your heart in focus with Jesus. And I'm really deeply like compelled. Like, Lord, you are the reason 
that we are here today. You're, you're the reason. How do I keep my heart in tune with you? How do I keep my mind in tune with you? I woke up this morning asking myself the same question because there was a lot of details to, to take care of getting people here to church, you know? Um, and there's lots of details. Are you, are you with me? Like, there's details to take care of in life. There's lots of them, and there's lots of movement, and there's lots of things. And your mind just gets covered with them. But I said to the Lord, Lord, but I want your name to be my focus. I want your, your um, name to be lifted up today. And I, I was reminded, as we were talking last night, the thing that I do most is have a moment with Jesus, a, a time with Jesus. We call it a devotion, devotional time in my household. That's what we call it. It's just a time to actually like make sure my heart's devoted to God. I do it all year, to be honest. But one thing I do, particularly during this Christmas season, is I pick something that's like usually a Christmas-related devotional plan. And it's been really powerful for me. I've been reading about a woman from Mongolia. It's like way colder there than here. I couldn't handle it. Um, thank God that I get to be here with you. Uh, but, you know, she, she's been telling this story of how the, the crazy, amazing, miraculous interruption of Jesus Christ changes everything. And as she tells the story of Jesus to every person that she meets in Mongolia and their lives are just undone, it's so powerful and so true that just like the shepherds, when they got interrupted and woken up from their like ready to dial down and protect the sheep at night, they have the best news. They had to run and go find it and then they had to go share it. Um, but I just have found that as I look through the day, like that's how it is. When I hear the word in the morning, I have something for me all day long to remind me how deep, how wide, how powerful the interruption of Jesus is. And I welcome that interruption. Thank you all. Good job. So I encourage you, hey, sit around as a family and talk about how can we focus on Jesus at this time? That's a good question, isn't it? That's a good thing to ask ourselves, and I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, before, we, before we move on, I just want to say hi to you from our senior pastors, Terry and Denise Page. Hello. They are actually down. Um, their son, Luke, and daughter-in-law, Marcella, just had a baby, which is their news, but I'm telling you that's where they are. But yay, good for little baby Grace, right? Grace Page. Just was born. I think that's their sixth grandchild. Am I, did I get the numbers right? Sixth grandchild. So you know, it was great for them. Why don't we pray for them? Um, can we just bless that family? The the Luke and Marcel Page are our pastors down in L.A. L.A. MCI, MCI L.A. and kind of Long Beach area. And so we just want to bless them. We just bless the Pages. Thank you so much for our pastors and for the Pages of the pastors down in L.A. We bless them. We pray for this baby Grace that she'll be healthy. Pray for Marcella that she will recover well and that everything will be great. We pray for them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, just as we, uh, as we kind of move on here, we're going to talk about the Christmas story a little bit because it's Christmas. And this message is called The Most Humble Choice. Would you say that with me? The Most Humble Choice. Ask you a question about that. Do you usually take the most humble choice <laughs> when a decision is put in front of you, when a choice is put in front of you, when you have a choice to make, right? Is it usually 
your de- greatest desire to choose the most humble choice, or, or are your choices tending to be more, what? What do we say? We say in our culture, what? Self-centered, right? Or centered around what's going to benefit me, right? I think that's the choice I tend to think about most often. Anyone else? I tend to be like, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> what are you talking about, right? Um, but I, when I read the Christmas story, when I hear about Jesus, when I think about what God did, it really impacts me about so many people in the story actually making the most humble choice that they can make. And I've found that that's really impacted me the way that I think about my life, the way I think about others, the way that I think about my family, and the choices that we have to make. And I hope that it impacts you over these next couple of weeks as we celebrate Jesus and we think about Jesus. Um, Let's talk about the most humble choice. You can say it with me again. Ready? The most humble choice. What's it going to be like to make the most humble choice? So let's, let's talk about a couple of the characters in the Bible story. Of course, we know the story of Christmas is that Jesus was born, right? Is that a surprise to anyone? I hope not. That's what Christmas is about, right? The birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came down to earth, born to a virgin named Mary, right? How many of you have a hard time with that one a little bit sometimes, right? It's like, what? Really? Wow, this is a crazy story, right? And Joseph right? The husband, the father who was not the father, but was the father. Like, what kind of situation must it have felt like to be them? I know we think about these details kind of loosely because we hear this story so just kind of tossed around, but I want to ask you to put yourself in the position. Just try to imagine what it would have been like to have been Mary, you know, and finding out what what in the world did God just tell me is going to happen in my life? How many of you think that would have been a very difficult situation? Right, what kind of choices would you have wanted to make in that moment? Let's, let's see what Mary made in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. This was the answer. When, G, when God came to and said, you're going to carry the Son of God, you're going to carry, and his name is going to be Jesus, she said, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. I am your servant, I am your servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And it's such a humble and willing thing, isn't it? When God expects something of us. How many of you know that God does expect something of you? Right? Do you conflict with that idea? Do you ever, are you just like, yeah, God wants me to be great and perfect and to give up all my sins and to be a nice person. And you're like, I've been waiting for God to tell me that. Or how many of you have a conflict about that? Anyone with me? Because I have some, okay, Justin, me and Justin, we're the only honest people here today. Anyone else? We, isn't that why we have a hard time coming to church? Right? Maybe you had a hard time coming here today. Me too. You know why? Because God's here and he wants something from us. And there's a conflict we have. Isn't it true? We have a conflict with God because we know that God expects something of us and it's hard for us. And especially when we've done something wrong, especially when we've had a hard day, a hard week, a hard month, a hard year, a hard lifetime. And we want to stand before God and say, God wants something from me. And I don't know that I'm down for it. I don't know that I'm, that I can carry it. I don't know that I can handle the idea that God expects something of me because I don't expect something of myself. But look at what happened to Mary. Mary was just told by God that she was going to do something that no other person in the entirety of the world has ever done or would ever do again. She was going to carry God's only son, right? And her answer was, I am the Lord's servant. Try that one on for a side with me. Ready? Say it. I am the Lord's servant. 
Is that an answer you can give God when God asks something of you? I'm the Lord's servant. That's a challenging answer, isn't it? And then she says what? She said, may your word be fulfilled. And I want to challenge you as a family, as a person, to think about these Christmas time, this coming year, right? 2023, it's upon us. Like it or not, here we come. Can your word be to God, right? I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. You know, I want you to go home and think about that one, right? I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. Because as Christians, if you want to follow Jesus Christ, if you want to come before God and say, I'm willing to give my life to Jesus and follow him, then one of our goals has to be that his word be fulfilled. How can his word be fulfilled in your life? How can his word be fulfilled in your family? You have a role to play in that. And I want to inspire you. I want to encourage you to think about what Mary did where she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Let's think about Joseph too. Right? Joseph was Mary's betrothed. They were engaged. They weren't married yet. Right? And he found out that this woman who he was engaged to be married to was pregnant. And she told him it was by God. How many of you would have had a conflict with that one? <laughs> I don't think so, honey. <laughs> right? It says he was really gracious to her. He didn't, he didn't want to publicly shame her, so he thought, you know, I'm just going to keep this kind of quiet. He was actually trying to be very honorable. I mean, I think in our culture we think, oh, that's a good thing. This guy was trying to be honorable. Right? But when God sent his angel to appear to him and said, I want you to become this young boy's father. I want you to take Mary as your wife because that is true what she told you. Right? Imagine, imagine saying something and God backed you up. Right? I mean, think, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a wife, but I'm a husband. <laughs> I know what it's like to have a spouse. But sometimes we feel like we got to back ourselves up, don't we? Who's going to back me up? But sometimes you got to let God back you up. Right? Mary didn't fight it. She let God back her up. I don't know. Does that bless you women a little bit sometimes, right? Like, let God back you up. Let, be the one, let God be the one who backs you up. And husbands, sometimes we're like, I don't know what to do. I think Joseph was in that position, wasn't he? He's like, I don't know what to do. And I feel that a lot as a father and as a husband. Anyone else? We don't like to admit it because we don't like to admit it. But it's true that sometimes we have to go, I don't know what to do. But you know what? God, God spoke to Joseph. And fathers and husbands, it's your job to let God speak to you about your family. Right? This coming year, this, this Christmas time, let God speak to you about your family. Let God give you a blessing to give your family. Right? God did not drive them apart. He drove them toward each other because they were open and willing to let God speak to them. And think of how humble he was. This is what he says in, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 24. Joseph had this dream, and God spoke to him. And it says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home and his wife. And I think obedience speaks to men, doesn't it? Are we going to do what God has spoken to us, men? Right? God has spoken many great things over us as men. He's spoken leadership and, and power and confidence and strength. And we need to carry that with the grace and the humility of God, but also with the obedience that God calls us to. And I want to encourage you to think about this. This, this time, call your sons into it. Call yourself into it. Call your brothers into it. As men, can we be like Joseph and be humble and concede to God's will? Because it's a pride thing, isn't it? I don't want to do what God has told me to do. And Think of how different it would have been if Joseph was like, nope. I think it's easy to look back at a story that's already unfolded and be like, oh, well, that's what happened. But if you're in that position, would you say no? <laughs> it would be kind of tough, wouldn't it? I mean, what if God came to you and said that? And he's like, 
Joseph woke up and he went, he went and did exactly what called, God called him to do. And I think there's a powerful statement in men when we say, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. And it releases something into our, into our culture, into our family, into our lives. And uh, I think it's amazing to think of how humble jo- Joseph was in that choice. Right? It was a very humble choice. And then, of course, Jesus, right, the central figure of the Bible story, the young baby right, who grew up to become the savior of the world, who went to the cross willingly to die for our sins so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. What a humble story. This was God himself come down, gave up the throne, the Bible tells us, willingly gave up the throne, gave up all that heaven had to come down and be willing to be made in the image of man, in the image of what he created, in order that he could carry the sins of the world. That was why he came, was knowing that eventually he was going to carry the sins of the world, right? And that his father, God, had asked him to do that. That's a tough choice, right? And he even stood there and said, Father, right? Let's read it. He said in Luke chapter 22, verse 42, he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And I think that's a powerful statement that we can learn to model in our lives, right? Right? Not my will, but yours be done. That's a challenge to me. Anyone else? That's a challenge, right? God's, God has a will. God has a desire. God has things that he wants to do. God has a purpose for your life that you can choose to fulfill. You can choose to be a part of. But at every moment, when you wake up in the morning, at every moment of the day, and throughout the day, and into the night, and throughout these coming weeks, and into next year, the choice before you is going to be, not my will, but your will be done. And I think that's the biggest challenge is because my will is very strong. How about yours? Is it strong? It's hard to move somebody who does not want to do it, right? And God is not going to force you. He's not going to force you to move if you don't want to do it, but he's asking you if you are willing to move in the direction he's moving, to be able to say to God, not my will, but yours be done. You want to try that on with me? Let's try it. Let's just try it out and say, not my will, but yours be done. Right, you said it once. I don't know. Can you do it? Right? Let's say it every day. Can we say that to God more often? Is that a good goal? Do you even want that goal? Like, could we say that to God more often this coming year? Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And think of what Jesus was saying. He was going to the cross to be crucified for the sins of mankind. And he was saying, Father, if you can take this from me, please do it, but not my will, yours be done. And so many other things that God calls us to do, isn't it? Because so many things in our families, ways that we could be humble with our children, with each other, with our boss, with I don't know, our employees, with people who, who are around every day, right? We could, we, when you look at somebody, do you only see your will or do you see God's will in their life? Right? And I want to encourage you to think about that. When you guys are with your family over Christmas, sometimes it's a challenge for us, our families. Sometimes we have good times, sometimes we have tough times. But when you look at that family... If you have that phrase in your mind, I think it might change the way you look at them, right? Not my will, but yours be done in my family, Lord Jesus. What is your will, God, for my family? What is your will? What is your desire for my family? Not my will, but what is yours, God? Let it be done in my family. You think that would change some of the way we look at our family, anyone? It might change the way we act a little bit, right? If you're thinking about what is God wanting to do in your family and to partner with that. Also, when Jesus went to the cross, right, 
And he's at the cross. In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Father, forgive them, for they're not knowing what they're doing. These are the people putting them on the cross, right? They're killing him. And he's saying, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. I think that's an incredibly humble choice, isn't it? And I think very often when somebody offends us, even if it's a small offense, I'm not talking about somebody put you on the cross, nailed your hands to it, stabbed you in the side, whipped you, beat you, cursed you, right? Those are big things to not forgive. Sometimes even small things we can be like, oh, I'm gonna get you back. Oh, I'm gonna get you back. Oh, you deserve it. Anyone ever feel like that? Or is it just me? Okay, I'm just, I'll be honest. I'll be honest for us, okay? Sometimes, especially when we go see our families, we think about all the things in the past, right? Or we, we relive it over and over again, and we're so ready for it to happen. I, you ever say this? I knew you were going to do that, right? I knew it was going to happen, right? We're even preparing for things that we know are going to happen instead of being willing to say, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. And the truth is, is that most of the time we don't. Right? If, if you really knew you were going to offend somebody, that the depth that you did, you probably wouldn't do it. Right? I mean, maybe if you had a really bad day. But most of the time, we're like, ah. But even in our pride, we don't want to be, we don't even want to say, oh, I'm sorry. But at the same time, we also don't want to forgive. And it's a powerful thing to do this, though, isn't it? Think about what Jesus did. Nailed to the cross, saying, Father, forgive them for they didn't know what they're doing. If it's the end of the year and you need to forgive someone at the end of this year, I encourage you to do it before the new year begins. Come on, let's be clean going into the new year. Let's let our heart be open and forgiving. Let's see who we can be humble with. So humility is inspired. Humility is inspired, isn't it? Have you ever seen someone be humble and just be like, wow, it's amazing. I want to encourage you when you think about Jesus and Mary and Joseph to be inspired by their humility. Right? Be inspired by what they did. Think about it. Talk about it with your families. Talk about it with your coworkers. Amazing, amazing how humble they were. Can you be inspired by that kind of humility? Can it impact you in a way that you would go, I want to be like that. I want to be humble like that. Most of us think like, oh, it's great that they're humble, but I don't want to have to be like that. <laughs> right? Very often we don't want to have to make that choice. But the key thing about humility is that the power of the kingdom of God is found in humility. If you want to live in the power of God's kingdom, it's found in the power of humility. Think about this story, Christmas, that we're celebrating, right? It's the most powerful thing that's happened in the history of the universe. Jesus broke the power of sin that we could be united with God. It's the single most powerful thing that's ever happened, and it happened through the most humble choices. It happened through people being willing to be humble enough to see the power of God released in their life. And now is a time that we have to choose. In the world we live in is crazy right now because they do not want to be humble. They find that power comes from not being humble. Power comes from force. Power comes from being the loudest, angriest, rudest, loudest, I'll say loudest again, voice, right? The loudest one usually gets the most recognition. And that's the way the power of the world works. But the power of God can work through humble choice. The power of God in your family that restores relationships happens through a humble choice. The power of God that brings the power of love into your home comes through humble choices. It comes through strength 
godly strength that comes through the ability to be meek and to be humble. That's what Jesus did for us, right? There's a certain godly power that can only come into your life when you choose to be humble. Have you ever had that kind of situation happen where someone offended you, right? And you made the decision to be humble and it just, it just broke it, didn't it? That's what humility can do, is it can open up the power of God in your life. And I want to encourage you, I want to inspire you, that if you need the power of God in your life, if you need the power of God as love in your life, that it comes through a humble choice. So Jesus was the model for us. Joseph and Mary were models for us. So many others to the Bible. Apostle Paul, Moses, so many of these people that you can read. Think about how humble they were. Now it's your turn. Now it's my turn. Now it's our turn. Say it with me. Now it's our turn. The world we live in gets to be what we decide it's going to be and by the choices that we're going to make, right? And choosing the humble choice will be what we see, what we feel, what we live, what happens in our world. So what is an area in your life that you need to be humble? I want you to think about it for a minute. We're at church. Can we think for a minute about godly things? What's an area in your life that you need to be humble? Maybe. Where's an area, maybe you need to be an inspiration to your family, Maybe you need to inspire them through humility. Maybe you need to go give something away. Right? We're celebrating what Justin said. We're celebrating generosity at Christmas time. I think that's a good word. Where's an area that you can be generous? And I don't just mean buy your kids the most expensive iPhone. I mean a place where you can be generous to someone who maybe doesn't deserve it but needs it or someone who you can give it to just because you can. What's somebody who you can be humble to? What's something that you as a family can do to inspire others to be humble, right? Pay it forward. Isn't that what people say? I pay it forward, right? Inspire each other by humility, by giving. Maybe it's a choice at work. Maybe it's your office, right? Maybe you need to be the humble one because that can be a tough place to be humble, right? Maybe a life habit of choosing others first. Maybe this is the year, 2023. You're like, this is the year. I'm going to put others first. I'm going to reach out to my neighbors. I'm going to become a cell leader. I'm going to open up my home, I'm going to invite people in. I'm going to teach them about Jesus Christ, right? Maybe this is the year for you. Maybe you need to make that humble choice. But God's will will be done first and foremost in my life. Is that, is that our turn? What do you think? Is this the coming year? Is he ready for it? How many think of a couple of things? You're like, oh, I could be humble in that area. It's a good question, isn't it? It's a humble question. Where can you be humble? Let's stand up together. We're going to pray. I want to close our eyes together and give God a, a moment. You want to close your eyes and pray with me? If you want to make this commitment with me, why don't you say to God something along these lines. Say, God, I want to be more humble like you were humble with me. I want to be more humble with you like you've been humble with me. I want to be more forgiving of others like you've forgiven me. I want to be more gracious, God, like you've been gracious with me. If you want to make that commitment over this next month, over this next year, let's, why don't you say it to God? Say, God, I want to commit to you, God. Just say it out to him. Use your own words. Just say it. Open your mouth and say, God, I want, to, I want to commit to you, God. Then I'm going to run after humility and graciousness. I'm going to run after hope and love. I'm going to run after godliness 
instead of worldliness. I'm going to run after the power of God in my family instead of the power of anything else. God, I'm going to put you first. Maybe some of you have had a hard time saying your will be done in my life and you want to make that commitment to God right now. I want you to say that to him. Say, God, not my will. Not my will, but yours be done. Yours be done in my life. Your will be done. Look, if you feel that with me, why don't you just lift your hands up to God? Maybe you want to lift your families up to him. Right? Maybe you want to lift up some person you've been conflicting with. Maybe yourself. Maybe you've been in a conflict with yourself. And you just want to lift that up before God. Just hold it up before God. Say, God, in this situation, not my will, but yours be done. In this person's life, not my will, but yours be done. I choose. I make a humble choice. Let's say it, say it to God, right? I make a humble choice. I make the humble choice right now, Lord, that I let go of my will. I let go of my decision. And I want your will, Lord. I let go of your will in my of, of my will for your will in my life. That's what I want. I want your will be done. Maybe you someone think you think about them right now, you think about that person, you know you need to forgive them. Or maybe you need to ask for forgiveness. And you want to just give that to God right now and say, God. I want to forgive. I want to be forgiven, Lord. I need to ask. I need to be humble enough to ask for forgiveness. And I need to be humble enough to forgive. I let go of this. I let go of this pride that I live in. I let go of this judgment. I let it go right now that your will be done, Lord. Father, forgive them because they didn't know what they were doing. Father, forgive them. Some of you, maybe you have something that you know God's been asking you to do and you've been resisting it. And you're ready to let it go because you're standing here in the presence of God and you're willing to make a choice about it, a humble choice right now. And you want to lift that up with me and say, God, I let go. I choose obedience. I choose obedience, Lord. I choose to obey you. I know that you and your word needs to be powerful and active in my life. And I choose to obey you. I let go. Can we let it go together? Just say, I let go. I let it go. Think back through this last year. So many things that we could not let go of. Let's let them go, right? Maybe you want to hold 2022 out in front of you and say, God, I let it go. So many things that I need to just let go of. Are you ready to wipe the slate clean? You ready to start a new year with God? Let's just say it to him. God, I'm ready. I'm ready and I'm willing. I'm ready to move on from the past and let go of what was and to go into your hope and to your purpose and your future.
really want to take a minute and just give you guys a chance to pray together. You're here with your families. You're here with your friends. Why don't you gather together in a little group? Why don't you, why don't you pull each other close together for a moment? Get in a little huddle. Why don't you pray for each other? Why don't you make a commitment together? Why don't you talk about it together just for a moment and say, God, God's going to be important to us. God's going to be important to us through the Christmas time. If you're on your own, if you're here on your own today, get adopted by somebody. Come on, someone's going to adopt you. Don't be by yourself. Come join somebody. Look, don't be by yourself. Somebody's going to adopt you right now. They're going to adopt you in because they, they're going to love you. Come on, be bold. Talk to each other. bless each other. Someone be bold. Speak out a blessing over that family. If you don't know what to say, say, I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. I bless you for hope. I bless you with love. I bless you with strength. If you need to just say, I love you, and I love you, and I bless you, Maybe you want to think about a family member who's not here with you at the moment. You want to bless them. We bless them. We love them. We commit to them. We believe in them. Maybe as a family, you need to make a choice or just say that you have a choice. I choose. We choose you, God. We choose obedience. You're going to be more important this coming year than you were last year. We're going to do our best, God, and we've got grace for the rest, but we're going to do our best, Lord. Maybe you need to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for these, these people, this person. Thank you for my life. Thank you for these people, Lord. I'm so grateful, God. Thank you for what you've done, what you're doing in us. I love you. Love you, Lord. All right, before you go, if you're done praying, so I want to encourage you guys to do. Just talk for a moment, just one minute, and say, here's something we're going to do that's going to remind us about Jesus these next two weeks. Here's something I'm going to do to remind me about Jesus Christ. Remind me how important he is. Why don't you talk amongst each other and just say, here's something I can do. I don't know, one or two of you, you guys are in a big group. Just someone be bold enough and say, here's what I'm going to do to remind myself 
and maybe you about Jesus over Christmas time coming into the new year. Go, go ahead and do it. Come on, come up with something great. Maybe you want to make a tradition as a family. You want to make a new tradition this family, this, this Christmas. Here's a new tradition we're going to do. We're going to have a new tradition. Our new tradition is we're going to read the Bible story before we give any presents. We're going to sing worship songs on Christmas morning. Our new tradition is we're going to pray together as a family before we eat. We've never done that before. Our new tradition is we're going to talk about Jesus in our home with our family around. What? Crazy. We've never done that. Make a new tradition. Try a new thing out. See what you can do to remind each other about Jesus over Christmas. I'm just going to pray for you as we leave. You guys can keep talking, but I say, Lord Jesus, would you bless each one of them? God, bless these homes. Bless them with provision. I pray that you'd multiply back to them everything they give, that generosity would come out of their beans, but of course it would come back to them too. God, we thank you, Jesus. Say it with me. Thank you, Jesus, that you came as a little child. We honor you. We bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen, Mercy Church. Have a great Christmas, a great new year. Enjoy your time, and we'll see you in...